Hello, welcome to Spiro Avenue, or should I say, welcome to the year 2006. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that is where Michigan State Athletics has taken us all back to. We got in the DeLorean, we got in the time machine, and we are back in 2006, where we have to bow down to the Wolverines in Ann Arbor, where we got pounded Pounded at the big house in 2019 in Mark D'Antonio's swan song where he fled the scene of his crime and left this program in shambles looking at many more 44-10 style beatdowns in the near future, whether it be in East Lansing in Ann Arbor or on planet Mars. We are back in the year 2006 where Michigan State will beat Michigan from time to time. Even in the, the leanest years, they pulled it out, you know, one out of four, one out of five. But it will become the exception and not the rule, as it were, in D'Antonio's decade. We had a 10-year a period of the 13-year tenure when, in which D'Antonio was there where Michigan State dominated. Those years are gone. We are back in 2006. We are back hoping for one win in every election uh, cycle. That's where we're at. So I hope you're as happy to be in 2006 as I am. I don't feel any younger. In in fact, I feel quite a bit older, and this program will do that to you. So in case you're the last person on planet Earth that has not heard this yet, Luke Fickle is gone. He's gone. He's not coming. So that's gone. That that whole notion of a, a savior being uh, in East Lansing anytime soon is gone. I don't think there's any reason to have hope for the outcome of this debacle of a coaching search. You know, I'll tell you, the the Luke Fickle thing, Luke Fickle decides to stay at Cincinnati, which is embarrassing in a whole uh, other realm, and we can get into that. But Luke Fickle, I'm almost happy he stayed. I'm not, but I'm almost happy he stayed at Cincinnati, and I'll tell you why. It would have been too soft of a landing. It would have been too easy. Michigan State would have gotten off the hook far too easily if Luke Fickle had landed here in East Lansing. Michigan State didn't deserve that outcome. It would have been too happy of an ending. When you do everything wrong, whether it be running a team, in your job, whatever it is, when you do everything wrong in life, you shouldn't get a happy ending. Because what's the lesson? What's the takeaway? Michigan State has done everything wrong from Jump Street, and this does not just go back to the past couple weeks or the past six days since D'Antonio announced abruptly that he was fleeing the scene. This goes back years. This is a ripple effect of the years of corruption and and cover-ups and scandals in that town. This is a direct correlation and domino effect downstream result of everything that's been done with the football program or not been done, such as some level of quality control with the coaching staff, where their idea of an intervention to fix the the anemic offense was to toss everyone's name into a cup and shake it up and roll it on the table and say, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here. You're not working as the line coach, so you'll, you'll call the plays now. You're not working as the receivers coach. They stink. So you're going to coach, uh, we'll coach, have you coached at tight ends? Yeah, th- that's a result this whole thing is a result of a dereliction of duty that we've seen in every facet on the field 
off the field. So I think this this whole idea of Luke Fickle coming here, as much as I was for it, as much as I thought it was going to happen, it sure seemed to be going that way. I think it probably was going that way. As much as I wanted it to happen, it, it's, it wouldn't have been right for it to happen. It'd be too convenient. And nobody up there associated with this program deserves that. They're getting exactly what they deserve. And you know what? Maybe this will still have a happy ending. Might take a year or two to get there. But at least they'll have gone through the embarrassment and the turmoil that they're going through today, and they've been going through this week, and I suspect that they'll be continuing to go through for at least the next couple of days, if not longer. So even if they get their happy ending, I don't think you should punish, uh, be punished for the same sins forever. Even if they get their happy ending, I'm happy it's being kicked down the road a little bit. They deserve it. And the fans that defended this stuff for years, the fans that bought into this nonsense the past couple of years that thought that Mark D'Antonio could do no wrong, they deserve it too because they're complicit. And I love Mark D'Antonio. I will always love Mark D'Antonio, but this was a, a terrible ending. And it's not just on him, but it's largely on him. And there, there's so many losers in this whole thing. I mean, when you really break it down, I can't remember a sports story that had this many people uh, that lost that had a stake in this game in, in some fashion or another, and they came out on the bad end. First of all, let's start. I mean, anyone that cares about Michigan State athletics, you lose. You're a loser. I'm a loser. If you're a Michigan State fan listening to this, you're a loser. Not that you're a loser in life, but you're a loser in the situation. Because make no mistake, sports are about winning and losing. Do you feel like we're winning this week? Do you feel like we're winning this coaching search? Do you feel like we're winning the, the headlines? Say what you want about Michigan. Say they only win the press conference. Say that all you want. I'd rather win the press conference than, than win nothing. We're not going to have the on-field results or the preseason hype. We're the worst of both worlds in East Lansing. So anyone that cares, we'll start there. Anyone that cares about Michigan State to any degree, you're a loser this week. That sucks. I, I'll tell you. There's another big loser this week, and if you've been following this story, uh, as so many have and I have closely, you know what I'm talking about. The fake MSU insiders, this Spartan mag, Spartan tailgate, Spartan parking lot, whatever, that are charging people a monthly subscription for the inside info, said that Luke Fickle was signed, sealed, delivered, Expect an emergency meeting tonight, that would be Monday, of the Board of Trustees to approve the deal. Uh, it was specifically pegged by one reporter in the five-year, $30 million range or something to that effect. They even had specific numbers on this stuff. And they said if you wanted the real story, the full coloring in of the picture, go to www.spartydumbasshomer.com and pay this monthly subscription fee to read these ridiculous stories, none of which ended up being true. These are the same people that came out and said that Joey Hauser would be declared eligible this year. I shared on my Twitter feed a rumor about that that I had heard. Didn't report it, didn't say it was substantiated, didn't say I had insider info, just said that I had heard the rumor it was going around in some circles. So before you dummies jump on me and say, oh, I heard it from you too, no, you didn't, check the information. Check the record. These same publications that botched the Joey Hauser story, which was the biggest story up there 
before this one in the past six months. Now they completely botched the Luke Fickle story. Moral of the story, you want Michigan State coverage, you either watch me, you follow my Twitter account, or you can go to Ryan Schuling's Twitter account or listen to his fantastic podcast, The Great Lakes Divide. Ryan Schuling, a friend of mine who does incredible work, who actually does have sourcing up there and has never been wrong on a story of any magnitude whatsoever. Follow those guys. Oh, and the best thing about me, the best thing about Ryan Schuling, we're free. But yet, throw those guys into the pile of losers this week. Bad week. Bad week for Spartan insider guy. Ooh. There's rumors going around. The trustees are upset. Most of them are on board with the Luke Fickle contract. It's nonsense. They don't know anything. And if they knew anything, they would get a story right once in a blue moon. And they don't. They don't. They had no idea why Chris Allen was suspended back in the day. No idea why Corey Lucius was kicked off the team. Those things came out eventually, but not because of them. No help to them. Bad week for them. Big loser in this. Also, big loser number three, Mark D'Antonio. We're not going to rehash the entire Mark D'Antonio situation, but I'll tell you what, if Luke Fickle had come here and been the golden parachute for the Michigan State football program, Mark D'Antonio's damaged, tainted legacy is going to kind of come out in the wash. He's got a big, disgusting, thick red wine stain in his white shirt. Luke Fickle comes here. You put that shirt in the wash, it took out 92% of the stain. Not 100%. No one will ever forget how this ended, how a great era was abruptly concluded in unceremonious fashion. There was no complete erasure of that. But it would have greatly, dramatically, well above 50% reduced the hit. It would have been a significant mitigation of the damage that D'Antonio caused. And frankly, if D'Antonio had done everything right, if he had announced in October, November, December, hey, I'm stepping down at the end of the year, even beginning of January, and Michigan State got a proper jump on this whole thing, Luke Fickle is who you would have wanted. That's who you would have wanted. That would have been the logical choice. He checked all the boxes. It made sense. It was a perfectly logical hire to pursue. So if they had done everything wrong as D'Antonio did and still gotten the outcome, he's kind of off the hook. Fickle would have gotten him off the hook. There would have been no serious damage other than a brief Uh, optical disgrace with D'Antonio's botching and mishandling of this whole situation. You would have gotten the happy ending. You would have gotten the ending that you wanted had he announced he was leaving in December. As it stands now, Michigan State's a national embarrassment, and D'Antonio, who was already run through the ringer last week when he announced he was stepping down, has to be put through it again because now he's blamed, rightfully so, by the way, for this debacle expanding into now week two. So he's a big loser in this, and that, that's a common theme. D'Antonio keeps coming up as a loser in this situation in terms of his legacy, in terms of how he's going to be viewed. Another hit to a Michigan State legend. It's depressing, but that's where we're at. There's so many. I, let's do just one more. I think What are we at, number four, our fourth biggest loser in this? Bill Beekman. The athletic director, a guy who's an athletic director for reasons, uh, well, I'm not really sure. Are you? 
I can't find anybody that knows a good reason why Bill Beekman should be the athletic director for Michigan State. A guy who had zero experience, not only running, but even being in an athletic department anywhere. This is like you're in like high school and you have the gym teacher who's never done anything but teach gym. That's always done. He doesn't have any credentials beyond that. You're suddenly going to make him principal of the school and entire in charge of the entire curriculum. Bill Beekman's a good guy. Maybe the gym teacher was a good guy. Not qualified to do that job. Bill Beekman would would have been a bad hire as athletic director if it had been at Central Michigan, a school with an endowment a, a fraction of Michigan State's, a school with a, a budget a fraction of Michigan State's. It would have been a bad hire in Mount Pleasant. And East Lansing, for one of the, the a second uh, top of the second tier athletic program, you can see what you want about Michigan State. They spent the last decade in the top 10 in two sports. It's a good athletic program on the whole. It's unfathomable that this guy's even in this position. We know why Mark D'Antonio and Tom Izzo pushed for it, and they were given way too much control. Tom Izzo still has it. Mark D'Antonio might still have it, which is asinine. That was their guy because he is a yes man that would play ball with them. It was a guy they could control, and I do not blame them for wanting to assert control. They are alpha males. They think they know what's best. They're not doing it maliciously. The Board of Trustees should have never let it happen. It's on them. It's not on Mark D'Antonio and Tom Izzo that Bill Beekman is in there. Let them assert that pressure. You don't have to acquiesce to it. Bill Beekman has no business in that job, and it was exposed. He was exposed this week. With this uh, disaster of a courtship where the board of trustees are leaking information left and right about how upset they are with the lack of communication. Clean your house up. And this goes to President Stanley, too. Can we get our house in order? How many years is this program, this university, going to be in total disarray before they stop and get on the same page and, and not have these agendas leaked in the media where I have to read about the perspective of three different trustees in the print media and how they're upset that they're not being kept in the loop. Get your house in order. But that's what happens when you hire people that are not leaders, that are not qualified. They don't, they don't get their house in order. Bill Beekman should have sat down with the board before this happened, immediately after D'Antonio's resignation and retirement, and said, look, here's the process that we're going to go through. President Stanley should have been standing right next to him, backing him up on this. You guys are not going to go to the media and leak anything. And if we find out who it is, there'll be repercussions. We're going we're gonna to out you. You got to get everyone on the same page. Not everyone can win. You got to compromise. This is what leadership is. Leaks in the media, left and right, that's not leadership. That's a failure of leadership uh, by, by default and by definition. So you have different agendas being leaked into the media. This trustee's mad. Ferguson's pissed. Bill Beekman uh, hasn't been communicating with us. We feel left out. Your job is to sit there and rubber stamp the contract that Bill Beekman negotiates. That's your job as the Board of Trustees. But they're self-important. They have a, a delusion of, of their value and, and their role in things. 
and Bill Beekman's not a leader enough to clamp down on it. So the whole thing's a mess. You can't find one or two people to blame in this. It, 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 you need more than one or two uh, dummies and self-interested fools to create a mess this bad. It doesn't happen with one uh, stupid trustee or one uh, unqualified, inadequate athletic director. It takes a village to create a mess this bad. Bill Beekman, I, I mean, it, how do you lose this situation if you're Bill Beekman? Compare Cincinnati and Michigan State. I don't care what you want to say about Michigan State. You can try to downgrade them. You can say whatever you want. Let's just look at the facts. Luke Fickle's salary would have been doubled, if not more. Let's just say doubled. We'll be conservative. It would have been doubled. He's going to make twice as much money. He is going to have more people at his games. He's going to have more people watching his games. He's going to have more money flowing into his program because the Big Ten Network is extremely lucrative and there's revenue sharing and they all split it down the middle in the Big Ten. Millions and millions of dollars a year per program because of the Big Ten Network Association. More money for him, more money for his program, more money for his assistants, a, a, a higher cachet job. And don't tell me it's not. The conga line leaving Cincinnati football in the last 15 years, Brian Kelly, Butch Jones, Mark D'Antonio, Luke Fickle taking this meeting and being on the verge of leaving. Say what you want. Don't, don't try to sell me or anybody that Cincinnati is a better job than Michigan State. It's not. Bill Beekman went in with a full house, and Cincinnati Bearcats had, uh, I don't know, let's call it uh, Jack High, a far inferior hand, and Bill Beekman sat at that poker table and lost the hand. He had a significantly better hand to play, and he lost. I mean, what, what is the opposite of the art of the deal? Is there a book that's like the opposite of the art of the deal? Did Bill Beekman read it on the Michigan State jet on the way to Cincinnati to meet with Luke Fickle? How do you lose that? I don't care what controversy is out there. The deck is stacked in your favor. You're telling me like an athletic director with any, any sense of confidence and control and cachet and ability to maneuver loses this, loses this situation? I don't buy it. I bet you Mark Hollis would have closed. I bet you Mark Hollis, and he probably would have covered something up on his way home, but I mean, he would have closed this deal. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know how you lose that. It is one of the biggest upsets in sports history. I don't want to hear about how Cincinnati is a better situation. I don't want to hear it. All the resources that Michigan State has, the facilities, it's not just that it's a Big Ten thing, by the way. Michigan State isn't Ohio State or Michigan, but Michigan State's not Indiana or Northwestern either. They are in the top half of a, pre- a prestigious Big Ten conference in terms of facilities, in terms of history. Michigan State has multiple national titles, has players all up and down the NFL in every generation. It's not Indiana or Northwestern. It's not Rutgers. So it's not just like a Big Ten school. It's like a solid, good program Big Ten school. 
compared to Cincinnati? Don't sell me that. I don't want to hear it. No one's buying it. No one uh, of any level of honesty would buy that. Bill Beekman lost that hand. It's just, he shouldn't be there. Seems like a good guy. I'd love to have a beer with him. Frankly, after seeing what happened this week, I'd love to play poker with him because I could afford uh, to, to buy some new equipment around here in this studio. And I feel like an hour with Bill Beekman, I'll be buying anything I want because this guy has no suave. This guy has no ability to negotiate and no ability to navigate a situation with any tension or with any question marks whatsoever. None. So there's a lot of losers here. And you know what? The Michigan fans, I'm friends with a bunch of them. A bunch of them follow me on Twitter. I follow them. They're loving it. And good for them. Bless their hearts. The D'Antonio era was not fun for them. They did a whole lot of losing, especially in that 10-year period. They went 5-8 and eight against the guy. The thing was crumbling on his way out. They still went 5-8. and eight. They are loving this, and I applaud them. I would be making fun of you guys so much if the roles were reversed. So you Spartan fans out there, none bigger than me, your Michigan fans give you a hard time, you better take it in stride. You better not push back on this because we deserve it. And if, if you were one of the ones defending this program, defending this nonsense for the last – three, four years since the college football playoff, you really deserve it. That's sports. Take your medicine. Don't push back. Don't talk about Jim Harbaugh's lack of trips to Indy. If they want to talk about the program as a whole or this or that, then you bring up Indy. If they want to make fun of you for this debacle, you better just say you're right and move on with your day because there is no defending this, and you look like a moron if you try to spin this. And luckily, I'll say I'm not really seeing that. I don't think anyone's more disgusted than Michigan State fans. Supporters of this program. What are you going to say? There's no good response to a criticism of this. What's the defense? There's none. It it is one of the most drawn-out, embarrassing situations in the history of college athletics. Baylor had a bad situation. It was in the news for about 10 months, and it was gone. The only comparable situation is Penn State. I'm not comparing it in scale uh, in terms of the crimes involved. It might be worse, might be not as bad. I'm not getting into that. But in terms of a story that was just going on and on and on, Michigan State has been getting their teeth kicked in the media for three years, and it's still going. It's still going. And none of this even includes 3-9 and nine in 2016, that, that debacle. We just cannot get off the mat in East Lansing, and we should have nothing to say to our critics, nothing, unless you want to pat them on the back and say, hey, thanks. You're right. Times are tough in East Lansing, but that's all you say. So, you know, I will say this. The Michigan fans for a long time have been reveling in the Larry Nasser stuff. They, they loved it. They loved that that happened. The worst, not all Michigan fans, the, the segment, the bad segment, for the record, for, for the Michigan fans that watch this, not all of you, but the, the worst segment of the Michigan fan base that would rather have Larry Nassar have done those things just so they could make fun of Michigan State fans for it in a sports debate, they, they have been uh, off the reservation for a couple years. So I am happy, thrilled, that if we are going to have some legitimate embarrassing criticism against us, 
at least it's something that's not reveling in, in the touching of, of minors by a, a, an authority figure. This, this stuff here that's been going on, this is as fair game as it gets. Bombs away. Bombs away. Bring them all. Bring them all. So congratulations, Michigan fans. I'm jealous. I wish you ever gave me something this hilarious to make fun of you for. No one's even talking about the Xavier Simpson thing anymore. We kicked that off the front page. The Ann Arbor uh, police chief, who's only been there seven months, had to step down uh, probably because they covered up or botched at best the Xavier Simpson crashing into a pole incident. That was like getting kind of hot for 10 seconds, and then this happened. So you're welcome. You're beating us uh, everywhere. You're beating us on the field and off the field. Congratulations. It's been it's high times for you guys. And boy, am I jealous. Enjoy it. Enjoy every minute. No sarcasm. Enjoy it. You should. It, the Michigan State fans, by the way, backing up to this, let's, let's just move forward. Luke Fickle's not coming, okay? So what, what's, what's next? Got to hire somebody, right? Somebody's got to come here. Well, who's it going to be? Well, uh, the names are thrown out left and right. And it was happening a little bit earlier in the week, but everyone kind of knew, knew Fickle was coming. Now that he's not, we're going, we're circling the wagons again. You're hearing Brett Bielema. You're hearing Butch Jones. You're hearing Chris Creighton, the coach for Eastern Michigan. And the thing that's hilarious, you you follow these people on Twitter that are talking about it or you're at the water cooler at work, wherever you are. It, it, without fail, whenever one of these names comes up, you have 10 Michigan State fans poo-pooing the potential hire. Oh, Brett Bielema, did you see how he bombed at Arkansas? It's embarrassing. We don't want that that fat loser, as one guy on Twitter put it today. We don't want that fat loser. Oh, Butch Jones, did you see how he left the cupboard bare at the University of Tennessee, how bad they were at the end? I can't believe they even got off the mat. Butch Jones, oh, no, gross. You morons. You are like the morbidly obese single dude in his mid-40s with a, a, a recurring drug problem that are, you're holding out for a, a runway model to land on your lap. Know who you are. You are the most shamed publicly program ever in terms of a coaching search in college sports, ever. Has there ever been anything more embarrassing than this? I say no. I say no, not that I can think of. And you want to go out there and say, oh, Brett Bielema, a guy who won three straight Big Ten titles at Wisconsin. Oh, no way. No, no. Butch Jones. No, no. Who are you people? Have you been paying attention to the story at all? Do you see the position of strength or lack thereof? that Michigan State is proceeding in. You're not going to find a blemish-free candidate. Whomever gets brought in here is going to have blemishes, whether it's they've never been a head coach before, who knows if they can handle it, whether it's they were a head coach somewhere else, but there was some kind of drama. Jim McElwain flamed out at Florida, quit in the middle of the year, uh, allegedly lied about fans threatening his family, had to leave. 
whatever it is, there's some kind of controversy. There's going to be something about everybody. Luke Fickle was clean. Luke Fickle said, no, that was your last chance to hire a nice, neat, convenient, popular guy. Anyone else that fits that bill is not coming here. They're not. So you can you can write into 97 on the ticket and talk about Andy Reid. You can talk about uh, Urban Meyer. I, I don't know what planet you people are on. Most of you are smarter than that, thank God. But we have our wackadoos in our fan base. You can write all that crazy stuff. It's not going to happen. I'm, I don't know who the next guy is going to be, but I promise you it's going to be a guy that has some pock marks on the resume, some concerns, and you're just trying to find uh, the least of those evils. You are not trying to find the best candidate. You are trying to find the least flawed candidate. And that's what happens when you make this decision in the middle of February. Thank you, Mark D'Antonio. It turns out that there is a price to pay for doing something two months later than every other program in America does. Turns out there's a consequence for that, and that's where we are. So I don't want to hear you poo-poo any candidates because anyone that this program has a realistic chance of getting is going to have that mark, is going to have that stain in some fashion or another. It doesn't have to be controversy. It could be a failure in this town. It it could be inexperienced, whatever it is. There's going to be something. So get over it. You you have to accept that, and that's what it's going to be. Now, who do I think it should be? Got to hire somebody. They're going to have some bar. He says, who do I think it should be? I'm on the Jim McElwain train. That's where I'm at. Current head coach at Central Michigan, was the receivers coach for a year at the University of Michigan before that. Had a fantastic stint at Colorado State uh, in his first head coaching job. Took a, a dumpster fire of a program and won big there. Won double-digit games, was named Coach of the Year in the Mountain West. Went on to uh, Florida. Had some uh, uh, ups and downs at Florida, no question. He was 16-6 and six in the SEC, the hardest conference in the country. 16-6. and six. That's pretty good. Won 10 games in year one, won nine games in year two, and then in, in the third year had the flame out with the, the administration and the lie about the uh, fans threatening his wife or whatever the hell it was. Never did get the full story on that. He has been in three conferences. Jim McElwain has been in the Mountain West with Colorado State. He has been the head coach at Florida, which is the SEC, and he has been the head coach now at Central Michigan, which is the MAC. He has had six full seasons covering these three conferences. He has won Coach of the Year in all three conferences, the Mountain West, the SEC, and the MAC. He's coached in three towns, in three conferences, in only six years total, and has won Coach of the Year in his entire conference three times. And he would probably come here. He is the head coach at Central. If he turns you down, uh, eh, well, that's when you start looking for new hobbies, if that happened. He would come here. His salary, you talk about Fickles would have been doubled. It'd be tripled or more to come to East Lansing, come 60 miles down the street. You could get him. 
And you can talk about how his offense has struggled at, at Florida. They did. They never had a quarterback. But on the whole, I, for all the flawed guys you're looking at, Brett Bielema was a disaster at Arkansas, has uh, some personal issues that this program certainly wants no part of. A lot of rumors about him that we're not going to get into because I don't like uh, being in court. Every you know the, the Eastern Michigan coach Chris Creighton never won eight games. I mean, there's just they all have flaws. Who's the least bad? Give me Jim McElwain. Give me the guy that that went sixteen and six in the toughest conference in college football. Give me the guy that won ten and nine games in his only two full seasons in the toughest conference in college football. Give me a guy who took a an anemic. Colorado State offense and had them piling up 500 yards a game, who took an anemic Central Michigan offense last year, a team that won one game the year before and won eight in year one of the McElwain era, took that anemic offense that was going 10 points, 13 points, 14 points a game, and has been lighting teams up throughout 2019, 35, 40 points a game. Give me that guy over the other flawed guys. That's the guy I would hire. I don't. Is he a home run? No. He's at least a, a C&I single. He's a, he's a. I think he'd probably be a double. He's gonna. He's not gonna flame out and go three and nine every year. Year one is a total wash. I mean, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. But long term, he's not a three and nine, four and eight coach. Guy could roll out of bed and go six and six. Good coach, smart coach, good offensive coach. Which, man, I would love that. We certainly need it. That's who I would go with. Now, who is it actually going to be? Who's it going to be, right? Got to hire someone. We can't have nice things. We can't have uh, mediocre things. My prediction is going to be Mike Tressel. Defensive coordinator for Mark D'Antonio the past few years. Followed him around everywhere. He currently has the title of interim coach. I think it's going to be Mike Tressel. And there's only a couple of reasons why, and I only need a couple. For one, it would be extremely disappointing. It would be extremely disappointing if Mike Tressel is named the head coach of this program. And I don't mean just the caretaker for a year. I mean, like, given a four-year contract to continue. It would be extremely disappointing and upsetting. And right now, that is very on-brand in East Lansing. I don't know what else to expect except disappointment except a feeling of being distraught whenever this program, this institution makes any institution of consequence, uh, makes any decision, makes any uh, change in direction of consequence. I don't know what else to expect but disappointment. That's reason number one. That's not a pragmatic reason. That's not a logical reason. That's just a feeling that has been drilled in to anyone that cares about this program for the last several years. The pragmatic, practical reason, Mark D'Antonio still has too much pull up there. And that's his guy. And Mark D'Antonio loves himself some assistant coaches. He loves himself his friends. And his friends ran this program into the ground. He allowed it to happen. We saw this coming from a mile away. We held shows in this studio here talking about it, talking about how bringing all these guys back the last two years was a a disaster, how there was no way it was going to work, and the team had an identical record as last year. But he loves them. And 
he wants his successor to be his guy. Jim McElwain is kind of a goofball, very good coach, kind of a, a, a silly guy, you know, a little bit, a little bit of Rex Ryan in Jim McElwain. A good guy, but a little goofy, a little eccentric. Does that seem like Mark D'Antonio to you? Does Jim McElwain seem like a Mark D'Antonio guy to you? And if you think that the fact that he's not a Mark D'Antonio kind of guy isn't a problem, you haven't been following the sycophantic nature of this program the last several years. Mark D'Antonio is retired, but he's still got a big voice up there. And you know who he's friends with? Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo has an even bigger voice up there. They want a Michigan State guy. And Luke Fickle, they could be sold on. D'Antonio has a connection with him, has been on staffs with him, isn't a Michigan State guy, but he's in the Michigan State mold, and he was one degree of separation away. He fit the profile perfectly. Keeps his head down, you know, kind of a hard-nosed coach, play, you know, his guys play tough, all that. He, he was the guy in the D'Antonio mold. That's who they wanted. In lieu of that, I think you're getting Mike Trestle. Hope I'm wrong. Hope I have to come on here and, and point the finger at myself and laugh. But I don't think I'm wrong. I think it's going to be Mike Trestle. I think D'Antonio loves it. I think Mark D'Antonio still has a lot of sway. And they're going to sell it as we're sticking home with a guy that was a part of a winning program over the years. He'll come cheaper. He'll come very convenient. And I don't think they have a guy that they like more that fits the mold of what they're looking for. Brett Bielema has some personal baggage. Jim McElwain's kind of a goofball. I would hire him. I'm do I'm putting on my Mark D'Antonio hat. I mean, it's just they're they're going to uh, chip holes in the best of the worst candidates remaining. That's my feeling. If they weren't going to get Narduzzi or Fickle, they're going to want to stay home with Mike Tressel. Hope I'm wrong. That's where I see it. You guys having fun? In Spartan Nation, do you guys like this? 2006 is back, and uh, it was not a fun time then. I was having fun in my early college years in 2006, but I wasn't having fun watching Michigan State play football on Saturdays, and that's where we're headed. Get ready. I don't care who the coach is. Get ready for a, a riveting 2020 where this program will be lucky to go 5-7. and seven. If Jim McElwain, if Brady Hoke, if Rich Rod, if John Bonamago, if any coach on the planet goes 5-7 and seven with this lack of talent in 2020, they should win Big Ten Coach of the Year. You are looking at a three- or four-win team probably. And nothing's coming in recruiting. So 2021 ain't going to be much better. Took a long time to get to these two weeks. We have been on a path to this past two weeks since the Alabama loss in 2015. That that was the first step of many that brought us here today. It's tough. And... Now we are relying on Michigan State basketball to completely carry the load. Cassius Winston, congratulations. Congratulations, Cassius. That's one more thing on your plate. It's not enough that you've been carrying the program for two years. Now you have to carry the hopes and dreams of the entire Michigan State fan base across all sports. 
it's on you now, Cassius. Uh, congrats. You you don't have enough to deal with. You know, I said earlier today, can we get this guy in charge of, of, of solving the coronavirus while we're at it? Is there anything else we can heap on this guy's back? The poor guy is going to look like Quasimodo at the end of the season because he's had so much weighing on him. And now he's got to handle uh, being the savior for the most disappointed fan base in America, the Michigan State Spartan fan base. I don't know. We'll see what happens at Illinois tomorrow with the basketball team. Michigan State's favored by a point. Blew them out at home earlier in the year. Got to go to Illinois. Illinois lost two in a row. Michigan State's lost three in a row. Something's got to give. Something had to give uh, in the last game against Michigan, and Michigan State's what gave. Hopefully that does not happen again. Something good has to happen, right? Something. Wish you guys well. If you're a Wolverine fan, congratulations. If you are a Spartan fan, I am sorry, and you have my sympathy. Let's start a support group. You are welcome anytime. My door's always open. I don't know if I can fit all of you because there are a lot of people that are depressed these days. So that's where we're at. This has been Spiro Avenue. Thank you guys for tuning in. Better times ahead, hopefully. Can't get any worse. All right? Have a good night, guys. Bye.